It's really a, a priceless privilege to share the truths from God's word, the truths that are actually empowering and truths that will actually bring forth greater and mighty manifestation in your life. Okay, so we're talking about the walk of victory. The walk of victory. So, in my message, in explaining about the aspect of victory, there, my, my, my basic background and even introduction to this message will definitely begin by explaining what victory is. Explaining what victory is. You definitely need to understand what victory is before you actually walk in it. And by definitions, I'm going to give a few definitions from the dictionary that actually explain what victory is. And then we will go further and break down the word and, you know, uh, explain how the work of victory is necessary for us believers. All right, so my first definition of victory is victory is simply an occasion when you win something which might either be a war, a competition, an election, or even a game. So victory by definition is an occasion when you get to win something. My other definition of victory is the ultimate and decisive superiority in a battle or contest. So victory is the ultimate Okay, the ultimate, you, you will get to understand why I am saying ultimate. It's the final, it's the final place that you get rich. Victory is the ultimate and decisive superiority in a battle. Now you, want, you have to understand that this victory comes from the Latin word victoria. And, and this word means to have success in personal combat or in, in a military uh, operation or extension whatsoever. So victory, the aspect of victory reveals to us that this is a place of having an ultimate, decisive, and superiority over a certain thing, over a certain contest or battle or whatsoever. Now, by virtue of us understanding that victory is us having superiority, success, and, and uh, over a certain thing, this should make you understand that victory is over something. You get to have victory over something. You get to have victory over something. Now, the question is, what is that something? What is that something? There are so many things that we get to encounter in life. There are so many things that we get to meet in life that may be adverse. There are many things that we can meet in life that may oppose us. And that something is what we actually get victory over. Now, of course, we are believers, and of course, I would like to explain victory from the light of the scriptures. But there is a, a certain distinction that I want to explain concerning victory in terms of how the world handles victory and in terms of how the world, the believers, need to handle victory. So 
This is how I'm, 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 I'm going to make a distinction between how the world and how us as believers get to handle victory. Because victory from the world system and the word system are very, very different. So what are the explanations? The victory that is of the world system is only given after you win a war. The victory that is under the world system is only given after you have won a war. But it is very different when we look at it from the world system. From the world system, your victory is given beforehand, even before you fight. Your victory is, is, is given beforehand. From the world, it's only given, okay, you are now victorious after you have fought and seem to become superior. That is when your victory is given. But from the world system, your victory is given beforehand. In short, you are already declared a victor even before you fight. And that's why it is important for us to look at it, especially from the word system, because that is where we belong. We function by different systems. So with this striking distinction between the victory that is achieved in the world and the victory that is achieved in the word of God, the major quote that I'm going to bring out from this is that the world fights for victory. But we of the word fight from victory. The world fights for victory, but we of the word fight from victory. Meaning we are already superior. We are already winners before we fight. And if you get to understand this aspect of victory, especially we that function in the word system, it is so important because anything that you are going to encounter in life is not going to shake you. Why? Because you know that you have already overcome. From the light of the scriptures, the Bible says concerning you and I that we are more than conquerors. In place, a conqueror, in short, a, a conqueror is someone that strives to win something. But when the Bible says we are more than conquerors, we are not striving to win something. We are beyond that place of trying to win something. We are, we are more than conquerors. The Bible says that fight the good fight of faith. It shows us that the fights and the battles that we get to experience are good. Why are they good? We are already declared victors. Praise God forevermore. I hope you're, you're, you're really getting this. And I want to really, I really want to provoke that victor in you today so that you can get to understand this, this particular thing. So I said the world fights for victory, but we fight from victory. Now, for us to be called more than conquerors, for us to be called champions, for us to be called winners, you have to, you have to first understand 
How is it that we have been declared superior? How is it that we have been declared as champions? How is it that we've been declared as winners? This should make us understand that there is perhaps something that God has done to either you, who is the victor, or the opponent that you are out against. Because how is it that you are already a champion? How is it that you are already a victor? How is it that you've already been declared the winner? Been, how is it that your opponent is fighting a losing battle whilst you're fighting a winning battle? This should actually mean there is something that God has either done pertaining to you or pertaining to that opponent. <laughs> Glory to God. Now let's look at it in two ways. Let's look at it from the light of the scriptures. What God has done to every opponent. When I say opponent, I may not necessarily mean simply just an enemy. Because victory is, is won against enemies. It's won against circumstances. It's won against temptations. You're going to see it as I'm going to be explaining. So your opponent can be a circumstance. Your opponent can be a mountain. Your opponent can be the enemy. But it seems like whether your opponent is a circumstance, an enemy, or whatsoever, God has empowered you somehow. God has done something pertaining to you, and then God has done something pertaining to, to the enemy, such that he makes it an unfair advantage for you. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, what has he done concerning your opponent? The Bible shows us in Colossians chapter number 2, verse 15, that the Lord Jesus Christ came and did something to the enemy. And when I'm talking about the enemy, the Bible describes our enemy, our adversary, our real enemy is Satan. Our real enemy are the forces of darkness that are out to steal, kill, and destroy. Our real enemy is the enemy. Is, 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 is Diablos, the devil. That's, that's the liar, the wicked serpent. That is our enemy. But the Bible shows us that in as much as he is determined to fight, the Lord Jesus came and did something to this enemy. And in Colossians chapter number 2, verse 15, the Bible says, he disarmed these powers. He disarmed these powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle over them. He made a public spectacle over them. So concerning the enemy that gets to fight you, the Bible says, hallelujah, glory to God, that your enemy has been disarmed. Your enemy has been disarmed. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, just as your enemy has been disarmed, remember I said it's, it's two ways. It seems like he's done something to us and he's done something to the enemy. Now, just as the enemy has been disarmed, the Bible shows us that God has armored us. That is why the Bible in Ephesians chapter number 6 gets to tell us to put on the full armor of God. 
It tells us this armor is full. It's not an incomplete thing. Meaning the armory that you get to have as a believer is sufficient enough to deal with any enemy. That's why it says put on the full armor of God. It's not incomplete. It is not insufficient. It's not inadequate. It is a full armor that enables you to have an unfair advantage. As a child of God, you ought to be excited about this. Because victory... You, victory is something that has been wired for your system. It's, it's, it's been wired for your, for your system. So, number one, your opponent has been disarmed. Your enemy has been disarmed. And you, on the other hand, have been armed. Imagine you have a gun with you. I don't know whatever gun you may have in mind. I don't know how, how far your imagination can take you. Perhaps you have a rifle. Perhaps you have a sniper, a machine gun, whatever you can call it. If, if, if you can call it, uh, you, can, you can have a double-edged sword. Whatever weapon you, you actually desire to have. And then you encounter an enemy that has no weapon. That has no gun. Imagine the damage you are going to deal with him. Have you ever wondered why the Bible says, resist, then he shall flee? To flee, <laughs> to flee is to really run away. <laughs> to really run away. To seek for safety. That's, that's fleeing. You are running away to seek for safety. Because the person that you are encountering is so dangerous and if they remain there, their life is not safe. So you as a child of God have been armed. But I love the armory that God has given us as child of children of God. The Bible shows us it is a full armor. So meaning, one thing you have to understand in the battle of warfare is that sometimes you are going to be offensive in your approach, but sometimes you are going to be defensive. And you have enough and adequate armory to be both defensive and to be offensive. What do I mean to be defensive? There are times you don't even have to fight, but because you've got adequate defensive mechanisms and armory, anything, anything that is out against you won't work. Why do you think the Bible says, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper? Meaning a weapon will be fashioned against you, but it will not prosper. Why? Because you've got a defensive armory. My goodness. That's not the only thing. You've got an offensive armory. An offensive armory. Read Ephesians chapter number 12 going down. You will see it. While you have the shield of faith, you have the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is too... It's, it, it cuts off. It's so dangerous. The sword of the spirit cuts off Goliaths. It chops off their heads. And not even the when when you have the armory of God, not even the not even the defensive mechanism of Goliath can stop the offense of God. Not even the it, it cannot it cannot. I'm I'm really trying to dwell on this so that you can understand as a believer where you actually belong, where you actually stand 
as, as a child of God. David once said this. He said something concerning the Lord. He said, Lord, you train me for battle. Hey, you train me for battle that you make me bend a bow of steel. What normal man is able to bend a bow of steel? He says, you train me for battle. In fact, when you read and understand the account of David, the Bible shows us that everything David did, he, he, he actually accounted it to be the Lord's doing. He said, the Lord delivered me from the bear and the lion. He was able to say, that empowerment came from God. There's, there's a place where experience can take you, but there's another place that grace can take you where experience cannot take you. And that's where the empowerment comes from the Most High God. So we, we really want to understand why we have an unfair advantage. We have seen that our enemy has been disarmed and we as children of God have been armed. Another thing, when we're talking about circumstances, our circumstances have been dealt with. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says there is no new thing under the sun. There is no new thing that can make God stranded when it comes out against you. Every circumstance has been dealt with. That is why when you read Isaiah chapter number 53, the Bible says he took, he took away our infirmities. He took away our shame. He took away. He dealt with all diseases. If you, if you can get to understand this doing of the Lord, it is very interesting. It says he, he dealt with, he, the Bible shows us that he dealt with all diseases. What does all diseases mean? You know what I mean. It means including the one that we are facing today. He dealt with all diseases. And I say, I always say this. If Jesus did not deal with everything, then he needs to come back here on earth and die. But the Bible says the sacrifice, his, his assignment that was done here is once and for all. Glory be to God. So with our circumstances, he took them away. They are already, they are, they are already dealt with. In short, what we have remained with are what I call lying vanities. They are like how the devil is described as a lie, rolling lion. The Bible says the devil is like a, roll, a rowing lion. It didn't say he's a lion. It says he's like. So what the circumstances that we also get to deal with appear to be dangerous. But even though they appear to be dangerous, they've been taken away. They've been dealt with. Saints of God, this is an unfair advantage. It is an unfair advantage for you. It is an unfair advantage for me. And it is something that you and I need to understand. So, the enemy has been disarmed. Circumstances have been dealt with. Each and every one of them. And then, God has also done something concerning our lives. He has armed us. But look, there's something else that he's done apart from arming us. Because God 
Yeah. There's something else that he's done apart from, from Aminas. The Bible shows us in the book of Ephesians that God raised Jesus Christ and seated him in the heavenly places. And then in Ephesians chapter number 2, the Bible gets to reveal to us that we too have been raised up with him and we are seated in the heavenly places. Saints of God, one thing you need to understand is that when the Bible says we have been raised up and we have been made to sit in the heavenly places, that does not mean we have been lifted by distance. No, 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 no. It means we have been lifted by rank. We have not been lifted by distance. It means we've been lifted by ranks. That's why when the Bible says the devil is under your foot, it does not connote he's under your foot by distance. No, 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 no. It means he's under your foot by rank. Meaning he should answer to the word that you say. Now how, imagine how unfair it is fighting with someone that is below you in rank. It's very unfair. Really, really unfair. Whoa, it's an unfair advantage for us. Glory to God. So, God has made us and he has sit, he's placed us to be seated in the heavenly places. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What? It is only a victor that sits. It is only a victor that sits. It is only a victor that is seated. And concerning that, if you even study properly, concerning this, have you observed? It's only you that the Bible talks about that is seated. The others are standing before his presence. The others are, you know, but you are seated. Meaning you've been put in a place where you are victorious. You sit. So if you have to fight, you're not fighting for victory, but from victory. You are in your, you are in your place of victory. Praise God forevermore. So he has placed us to sit in the heavenly places. But now, just as God has placed us to sit in the heavenly places, the Bible also gets to reveal to us that there is a certain demand that is there for we children of God. When you read the book of Ephesians chapter number 6, going down from verse 10 to verse 18, the Bible tells us to do something. It reveals this word about four times. It says stand. So I, I really got confused when I, when, when I was studying this. Because I said, why is the Bible saying stand when I'm comfortable, comfortably sitting? But you see, when the Bible says stand, it does not necessarily mean standing in literal terms. When the Bible says stand, it means be firm. It says it means be firm. So, while you are seated in your seats, be firm. That's why the Bible says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Meaning, be firm. After doing all these things, stand. Be firm. Be firm. 
Now, why does the Bible tell us to be firm? The Bible tells us to be firm because, first of all, it clearly shows us that victory has been given to you and I. But in as much as victory has been given to you and I, and that we get to understand and even accept this reality, we need to be firm to ensure we know we are victorious. We need to be firm. We need to be firm. What do I mean we need to be firm? We need to be infirm. We need to be firm to ensure we keep seeing ourselves as victors. That's the firmness. And one of the reasons why people are not walking in victory is because even though they are seated, the Bible says they are seated in the heavenly places, they are not firm. They are not steady. They are not firm with the light of this truth. And so they end up, because you are not firm and you shift, you get to end up transitioning. What do I mean when I say you get to end up transitioning? Instead of functioning as a victor, you transition and begin to function as a victim. Which should not be the case. Which should not be the case. When you are firm, you continue to function in your true identity, victor. When you are not firm, you transition and begin to function in the wrong identity, victim. That's why the Bible always wants to usher you back to your right identity. The Bible always wants to usher you back to your right place. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because weakness is not your identity. Your identity is strength. So when you are weak and you say, I am strong, you are not lying. You are just simply going back to your right place of victory. Glory to God. So even if you are faced with a situation that is a little bit adverse from what you are supposed to experience, keep looking to your real reality. Keep looking to your real reality. What is your reality? You are victorious. What is your reality? You are blessed. What is your reality? You are prosperous. What is your reality? You are more than a conqueror. Keep firm. Stand. Stand. And that is, saints of God, and that is what the enemy does when he wants when, he's, when he, he really wants to work against someone, he will work on their firmness. He will make sure they are not firm enough. And when you come out from your place of authority and victory, you expose yourself to be a vulnerable victim. And you shouldn't be one. When you really shouldn't be one. So stand firm as a child of God. It's very interesting for God to do such such a thing. And and, and, and now we're, we're, we're going to go to another place where I'll be explaining on different kinds of victory. So remember, your place 
is seated in the heavenly places. But have you noticed when it talks about the enemy, it doesn't talk about him seated. It says, and the devil roams around. It, it gives us a picture of a confused chap that is roaming around, roaming around, looking for someone to, to devour. Just moving around, moving around. Meaning, it gives us a picture of someone who's, who cannot settle. And it's not settled. You are seated in roaming around, roaming around. You can, you, you can tell that such a person who is roaming around was given a good slap by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can tell. You can tell. So confused. And that's why I tell people, the devil is so confused. And so, he's so confused that he fights everyone, including those who are on his side. That's how he's so confused. He fights everyone, including those who are on his side. But anyway, we're not talking about him. We're talking about our place in Christ Jesus. Our place of victory as children of God. And the Bible actually says, thanks be to the God of our Father and Lord and uh, the, the God of, 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 of our the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who causes us to triumph always. If you can really understand that scripture, that's Second uh, Corinthians, that's two verse fourteen. The Bible says we thank God that He causes us causes us. He makes us triumph. He makes us victorious. So yes, we, we, we understand that we are victorious. We understand that we are in a place of victory. But we know this is the doing of the Lord. This is definitely the doing of the Lord. That's why I'm talking about walking in victory. Walking in victory that is sponsored by the Lord. Now, we're going to further talk about different kinds of victory. And I've already laid them down, but I'm going to explain this aspect perhaps in details. And I am going to bring it down to reality and show you how you can deal with it. Number one, different kinds of victory. We've been given victory over the enemy. We have been given victory over the enemy. We have been given victory over the enemy. One thing you have to understand as a child of God is that, of course, you have an enemy whom the Bible reveals to us and clearly shows us that he will never make a peace treaty with you. He will never make a peace treaty with anyone. In short, we have an enemy who is definitely against our lives, against our destiny and our against everything that concerns us. When I'm talking about an enemy, I'm not talking about your cousin. I'm not talking about somebody that broke your heart. I'm not talking about someone that did uh, anything whatsoever. I'm talking about whom the Bible describes as a spirit, the devil. That is your enemy. That is your enemy. And the Bible says, you have been given victory over us. The Bible reveals to, 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 to us that he has, he, God has given us victory 
over this enemy. If you get to look around your life, perhaps you can get to identify that certain happenings in your life are maybe as a result of the enemy trying to fight you. But should it remain that way? No, it should not remain that way. Now, you are saying, you, maybe someone can say, but pastor, you said that we already have victory. Then what's the need of fighting? You are not necessarily fighting for victory, but you are simply enforcing your victory. You are enforcing your victory. You are making sure because you are already in the place of victory, you are staying there and not permitting any agenda of the enemy to take place in your life. So as a child of God, there is a place that we get to enforce our victory over the enemy. Enforce your victory over your dream life. Someone, the Bible says you should have good dreams. You should have a nice sleep. But then, on the contrary, as the Bible is saying, you should have a nice sleep. Your dreams are something else. They are so terrible. You are tormented. You cannot sleep. What do you need to do about it? You, you wake up. Sometimes maybe you, you sleep okay, but you wake up unwell because of the dreams that you've had. What are you supposed to do as a child of God? Are you supposed to sit? No, 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 no. Enforce your victory. Enforce your victory. Glory to God. And that is one of the things, um, if you observe, uh, the police gets to do in so many societies. The police is there to enforce certain things that uh, the government passes. You know that it's, it's, it's really been said that stealing is not okay. You know that it's really been reviewed and even be put out as law that stealing is not okay. But there are people who still want to steal. And that's why we have the police to enforce, to ensure that no stealing takes place. In the same way, even though your enemy has been dealt with, you as a child of God needs to ensure that you do not allow the enemy to take an upper hand in your life. You do not allow. That's why it's very, very interesting. I really love it. I really love it, especially when you look at the Old Testament coming into the New Testament. In most cases, if you observe, we as children of God, our position of authority and our position of, uh, uh, our position of authority was not so good. We could barely fight. We could barely fight. And that's why most of the times you observe in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, God will say, stand still, let me fight for you. Stand still, let me fight for you. Why? Because we, we didn't necessarily have that empowerment. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hey! And Moses just stand still. And they see the Lord fighting. Hey, my goodness, this is good. Eh? Another place they go, they cry. Oh, my goodness, what is happening? And the Lord says, stand still, I'll fight for you. The battle is not yours, it is mine. But when he raises you up in the New Testament and puts you in authority, he tells you now, resist. I don't need to die. I, I really don't need now to fight. Uh, resist, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. 
The Bible says, be alert, be vigilant, deal with the enemy. In Ephesians chapter number 6, the Bible says, you, you, you wrestle not. It's not telling you, it's you now who has to wrestle. Wrestle, deal, deal with it. Deal with the enemy like how I used to deal with him. You can deal with him. In fact, I've, I've even disarmed him for you. He's got no weapons. Slap. Deal with him. No. Sense of God, what am, I, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say, never allow, never allow as a child of God, the enemy to play around in your life. Never, never. Let him know that there is a Gomezio that is looking out over his life. Let him know that uh, like the way the, like the way when you go to certain houses, when you before you reach, you see a sign, beware of dogs. Let him know over your life that beware of Gomezio nation. Let him know. Let him know when he sees you, beware of Peter. Let him know that when he sees you, beware of, of Jacqueline. Let him know that whenever he sees you, beware. Let there be a beware sign on your life. So that if he touches you, if he tries to touch you by mistake, there are serious spiritual calamities that will hit him so hard that he will fail to tell the difference between his head and his tail. Praise God forevermore. I'm, 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 I'm really talking about this. I'm, I'm really talking about this because you are a victor and you must never reach to a place where you function as a victim. No, 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 no. Not a place who's got a higher rank. Not a place who's got a higher rank. Someone who's got no even... Who, someone who in the army who's got no stars on his on his on on his shoulders should never ever try to challenge a general he should never even try to challenge a general because he knows he's gone but then we are allowing disarmed enemies disarmed enemies to take advantage of that god forbid the Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not. So he will not take advantage of us. And that is why I'm revealing to you, saints of God, that God has made you a victor. I, I said the workings of God are twofold. He worked in your life and he worked against your opponents. He disarmed your opponents. He armed you. He dealt with your opponents. He lifted you. He caused your opponents to be confused for you he made you seated so there is no way no reason why you as a child of God should be oppressed you shouldn't you shouldn't so we need to awaken we need to awaken to our place of victory and function from there so what am I trying to say look around your life do an inspection do you notice any activities of the enemies around? Begin to take charge. Just begin to take charge and begin to declare, my life is not a playground for the enemy. I love what God did. The Bible in Revelation shows us that Satan was cast out from heaven. The Bible says Satan was cast out of heaven and it goes on to say, and no room was left for Satan in heaven. <laughs> 
meaning the atmosphere, the place of heaven was out of bounds for Satan. It's it out of bounds. It's so out of bounds. <laughs> it's so out of bounds for Satan that the only way someone can try to go to heaven is through Jesus. That's why the Bible, no one can come to the Father except through me. So anyone that wants to, if, it, if Satan wants to access heaven, he needs to meet Jesus, the one who slapped him. Eh. Glory to God. So, never allow, just as heaven made, uh, uh, just like heaven is out of bounds for Satan, you need to establish boundaries in your life and declare, just as it is out of bounds for you to enter heaven, it is out of bounds for you to play around with my life. Out of bounds. Touch not. Declare a beware of a mighty vessel. Declare a beware of a Christian in your life. Declare that sign. I'm telling you. Declare that sign and ensure it doesn't mess with your life. I hope you're getting this. I really hope you're getting this. Um, and remember, I, 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 I actually said earlier on that God gives us victory beforehand. He does give us victory beforehand. And it's, it's quite interesting that in Joshua chapter number 10, verse 8, this is what the Bible reads. Joshua is going out for war and the Lord says, The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. I have given them over into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Ah, they have not even fought yet. <laughs> they have not even fought. Just do not be afraid. Go. I have given them over to you. Not even one of them will withstand you. The Lord gives you your victory beforehand. So what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say, O oh, child of God? What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that if your victory has been given beforehand, then never fear a battle. Then never fear a battle. Never, never fear a battle. Never ever, never fear a battle. Why? Because your victory has been given beforehand. But instead of fearing a battle, if that battle has come, go for it. Why? Because where there is a battle, there is always a crown. Where there is opposition, there is always an opportunity. Do you know that by virtue of David encountering Goliath, even though Goliath was great opposition, there was great opportunity for David. Ah, you know what happened afterwards? He won. And he got a free wife. What an opportunity. Yes. So never run away. Never never run away from from from, from battles. When Samson encountered a lion, the Bible didn't say and Samson asked for strength in his feet so that he can run fast. No, 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 no. He dealt with the lion, killed it there and then. And the Bible says moments later when he came back, he found honey by the carcass of the lion. 
That's what we call sweet victory. Oh, Rema Kazaya Dalabashande. So God will always give you victory beforehand. But there's something now that I want to explain to you, especially when I'm talking about when I'm talking about never fearing battles. One of the things people actually uh, have an issue is with is that they do not necessarily understand this aspect of victory. A battle, you see, a battle is is simply a unit, like I would call it more like a unit fight of a war. So times in life are that we get to expose ourselves to different battles. But in as much as we get to expose ourselves to different battles, the war has been won. We have battles to fight, but the war has been won. What am I trying to say? There are times, if you, if you, if you study uh, even on, in, in the world war of the past, you find there are different battles, different battles of different nations. But then there was eventually someone who has to come out to win the entire war. So in the same way, there are different battles that you get to fight as a child of God. But in as much as you are fighting different battles, you have to understand that the war has been won. Now, most of the time, sometimes because someone may have not done well in the battle, they have concluded that they have been defeated. That's the, that's the mistake many believers make. Just because maybe uh, in some way they did not do well in a battle, then they conclude that the war, they've actually been defeated. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 8 to 9. The Bible says, we are often troubled, but not crushed. Sometimes we are in doubt, but we do not despair. There are many enemies, but we are never afraid. There are many enemies, but we are never without a friend. And even though sometimes we are badly hurt at times, we are not destroyed. What am I trying to say? There are times that battles of life can be so overwhelming. Why? Because battles involve your strength. Battles will need your effort. Battles will need your energy. And sometimes because you exert bat uh, energy, strength in battles that you fight, sometimes you are going to be overwhelmed. But the fact that you are hurt, the fact that you are overwhelmed, does not mean you have lost the war. It does not mean that you have lost the war. What am I saying? When you fall down, get back up. Quickly get back up and stand firm. The Bible in Psalms chapter 37 verse 24, this is what it says. It says, if they fall, they will not stay down because the Lord will help them out. If they fall, they will not stay down because the Lord will help them up. Meaning, there are times that we face battles and battles can be so overwhelming. But just because a battle is overwhelming, it doesn't mean you have lost the entire fight or the victory. No, no, not at all. I'll give you an example from scripture. When you read Judges chapter number 20, 
read that scripture up to maybe like maybe um, to about verse 28. The Bible shows us a time where Israel is fighting against their brothers, the Benjamites. <laughs> they are fighting against their brothers, the Benjamites. This is Israel, chosen nation of God. And it's fighting against their brother, the Benjamite. Something happened that led them to fight. A very, very, a very, very graphic event happened. But the Bible shows us that Israel first asks for counsel and says, do we go and fight our brothers? And the Lord gives them a go ahead, please, go ahead. But this is what happens. The first day Israel goes to fight against the Benjamites, the Bible shows us that the Israelites were walloped. They were, they were dealt with. Hey. And here is somebody perhaps facing a battle in life. And this battle that you are facing perhaps did not turn out the way you expected it to be. Why? Because you felt, yes, God says go and fight. You felt, yes, that God is with you. But when you were in that battle, the way you were so beaten, you were beaten so much that you felt God was not with you. And this is what happened to the Israelites. They were beaten. They were beaten so much that the Bible says they went back and mourned. They cried. Men cried, mourning. Went on a fast and said, hey, we've been beaten. They went for a, on a beaten fast. They, it, it, it was so serious. Now, the Bible... The Bible shows us something. The Bible shows us that in Judges chapter number 2, verse 22, the Bible says something very interesting. Remember, God is the one who taught them go. But then, even when they came out to be beaten, the Bible says they went back to the Lord and sought counsel. If you can only understand this powerful thing, if you can only understand this powerful thing, then, then, then you know, then, then you always win in life. Even when they were beaten the first time, they did not cry against the Lord. They did not say, God, you are the one who sent us. You've seen what you've done. They always looked to God as their solution. What am I trying to say? There are times you're going to face certain, certain circumstances in your life. And you've got to reach to a point where you are so confident and so firm in your view concerning the Lord. What do I mean when I say you are so firm and confident? I'm talking about what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. What Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said when they said, whether we are delivered from the fairness fire or not, we will not bow down. I'm talking about what you can say as a child of God or really as how David said it. He says, even though my heart may fail, God remains my possession forever. I'm talking about you being a child of God, saying whether I'm healed or not, God remains the healer. I'm talking about you as a child of God saying whether I, I am delivered or not, God still remains the deliverer. And this is what Israelites did. They were beaten in the battle. But just because they lost the battle, they did not lose the war. And this is what happened. The first battle they lost. Then in, number, in, in Judges chapter two, 20, verse 22, the Bible says this. Should we go again into battle against our brothers, the Benjamites? And the Bible says, the Lord answered, yes. Clearly, 
Should we go and do battle against our brothers, the Benjamin? Yes. Guess what? This time, something shocking happened. They lost again. My goodness. They were beaten. Round two. Uh, they, they, they lost again. They were beaten. And here is, I'm talking about a child of God here right now. And, and you, you made your first attempt. It didn't work out. You made your second attempt. It didn't work out. And say, ah, you know what? I've stopped this. I've prayed for so long. My dreams are not changing. I've fasted. This is not happening in my life. I asked the Lord, should I do this? He told me yes, but my situation is not changing. My enemy is still pursuing me. In the same way, Israel was still beaten by the Benjamites the second time. Away. At this moment, you would expect them to say, we are done. Whether we hear yes, we will not go again. We are done with this fighting. We can't. We are asking for direction. When we are being given direction by the Lord, we are not prospering. And that's where so many people are, 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 are shaken in their walk with God. Because they've lost or maybe they've been overwhelmed by one or two battles and they say, the Lord is not with me. No, 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 no. The Bible goes on to say this, that the Israelites, for the third time, went and asked, rather that was for the second time, they went and asked the Lord, should we fight or give up? (laughs) This is Judges chapter number 20 verse 28. Should we fight or give up? Yet again the Lord says, Fight, I give you victory. Fight, I give you victory. Fight, I give you victory. And the Bible shows us, when the Israelites fought this time, this time it was not a winning of the battle. This time the Israelites won the war. It was over. It was over. They won the war. Lost two battles. But the last one, <laughs> they, the, the, the last one was decisive and they won the war. Israel won. What am I trying to say, oh child of God? There are times that you may be, you may be, you may be fighting different enemies of life. You can be knocked here and there. You may be believing that why are my dreams still the same? Why I, I know someone who once complained, Pastor, I pray a lot, but why do I still have bad dreams? Pastor, why is it that when I worship God, it seems like I'm being attacked? Why is it that when I read my Bible more, it seems like I'm being vulnerable? Should I just stop? No! Hold on to your word. Hold on to the word of the Lord. Hold on to what God has to say about your life. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep fighting. Because even though battles can overwhelm you, the victory and the final war has been won. It's been won. It's it's been won. It's been won. That's why the Bible says they will fall down, but they will get back up. It says even though we are troubled from every side, we, even though we are 
knocked down. We are, we, 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 we are not destroyed. Saints of God, what am I saying? A knockdown is not a knockout. It's not a knock. It's, it's not a knockout. A knockdown is not a knockout. The knockout is to be given by you. It is always to be given by you. That's why the Bible says you are more than the conquerors. Have you even noticed even the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ, the, the prophecy that was given, it says he shall tread, he shall step on the head and the enemy will bruise his feet. But who won? The Lord Jesus. So, never, never run away from battles of life. Never run away from situations that may seem to be constant and that like they are not changing. Keep getting yourself geared. Keep getting yourself ready. The Bible says, yes, there was a time when the, the, the Israelites mourned. But there is a time where mourning should never, be, should never continue. Sometimes you have to wipe your tears. Sometimes, yes, when you are tired... Sit down, get back up. Sometimes when you're crying, it's the, the, there's a place where you have to wipe your tears. Weeping is not a constant season. There's a place you need to wipe your tears. What am I trying to say? Don't only wipe your tears when joy has come. Sometimes you need to wipe your tears when joy has not yet come. Or when you've not yet seen the manifestation. Praise be to Jesus. So you are fighting. You can get to fight against your enemies. And, and, and God has thereby given us victory. The victory whatsoever. And I love, I love what the Bible says when we're talking about the enemies. For us, we do not care whether the enemy we are fighting has been ranked as level 1, level 3, level 7, level 15, whether they've got a PhD in witchcraft, whether they've got a PhD in, in satanic manipulations, in whatsoever. For us, that is not our concern. We only know one level, that's Jesus. And one thing we know about that level is that that name is above every, every other name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. Glory to God. So, you have been given victory over your enemies. So fight from victory. Fight from victory. Fight from victory. Stay in charge. Take in charge over various affairs of your life. Take charge over various affairs of your life. Ensure you remain in the place of victory. Do not allow the enemy to take advantage of you. Do not allow the enemy to play with you. Do not allow the enemy to play with your life. Never, never, never. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Number two, we've been given victory over circumstances. We've been given victory over circumstances. Sometimes people love to only think that the victory that God has given us is a spiritual one. So it is only for in the spiritual realm. It only has to do with spirits. No, 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 no. God came to give us victory even over circumstances. That's why the Bible tells us there's no new thing under the sun. He dealt with all things. Even the natural circumstances that you feel, that, that, you, that you experience. What am I saying? There was a time that Israel 
had to encounter a Red Sea, which was not spirit. The Red Sea was not a spirit. The Red Sea was not a demon. It did not say, ah, where, well, why did you pass this? Why did you put me here? No, it, it, it was not a demon. But it stood out to be its natural circumstances, hindering their progress and hindering their movement. So there are certain things that are there in the natural that can hinder our movement, hinder our progress, hinder our walk. But then the Bible shows us, even with natural circumstances, even with certain circumstances in life, we have been given victory. Very interesting enough. That's why in Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 3, the Bible says, you have blessed me, you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. In in Second in Peter chapter number 1 verse 3, the Bible says, thanks be to God. That's why we thank God. We say thank you God. Thank you God because you have given us all things. So, it says, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Does health pertain to life? You have it. Does success pertain to life? You have it. Does, does, does peace pertain to life? Yes, you have it. Does self-control pertain to life? You have it. So the Bible says, you've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. In short, there has been, there, there is an abundant provision for everything necessary to enable you to become victorious over all natural circumstances in life. There are people that would say, Ah, but that people that would say my my circumstance right now, I, I I seem to have this sickness that is bothering me. This sickness that is really really uh, bothering me. God has given us all things necessary to ensure that that sickness is dealt with. He's given us all things necessary. Of course, there is the wisdom that comes from, from you find that uh, man, God has enabled man to bring out a solution. But there is another place where by virtue of you uh, believing in the promises of God, by virtue of you believing in the works of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of that sickness that's bothering you, you get to understand that he, you have a victory. And what is that victory? He took. He took them away. He took them away. There's a place where you also get to reach, where you are, you are, you can be overwhelmed, maybe with sickness or whatsoever. Don't cry to God and say, but why always me? Why is this happening to me? Address that sickness and say, you are taken away. 
You were taken away 2,000 years ago. You were taken away far away from me. You were taken away. My body is the blessed of the Lord. You have victory over circumstances. What circumstances are you facing? Someone can say, I'm struggling with my education. I don't know what happens. When I read, I really don't understand very, very well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just not intelligent or whatsoever. Don't worry. There has been a solution that pertains to that. The Bible says the spirit within us gives us intelligence. Then you have an advantage. The Bible says the, the memory of the righteous is blessed. Meaning you have access. When the Bible says you have been given, that actually means you have access. You have access. So if you have access to certain things, if you have access to what the Lord has actually provided, what do you need to do? Get it. Anything you have access to, get it. Get it. So every circumstance, as a child of God, you have been put in a place where you can deal with it. You've been put in a place where you can actually walk in victory, even over circumstances. Number three, you've been given victory over temptations. You have been given victory over temptations. The Bible gets to show us from the light of the world that no temptation is actually bigger than us. It gets to show us that the empowerment within us is so great to overcome temptations. It's so great to overcome temptations. And it's one of the major battles so many people have, have fought in their lives are temptations. Temptations to do this. Temptations to do that. Temptations to do this. Temptations to go here. Temptations to go that side. But the Bible shows us we definitely have victory over temptations. Jesus shows us that. He shows us that. And someone can say, Ah, no, Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. He's very, 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 very perfect. Uh, don't talk about Jesus. Don't bring Jesus in this. Oh, okay, fine. We're not going to talk about Jesus. But let's show you another example. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Daniel. The Bible doesn't necessarily record any wrong of him whatsoever. This is to show you there's a place that Daniel actually succeeded in dealing with temptations. Why? Because the Bible clearly shows us that Daniel, even him being a government and a serious official, he was not crooked in his dealings. Meaning he may have, the, he may have had a temptation to be a crook. But he chose not to be a crook. So, we have been given victory over temptations. We, we, we have been given victory. And that's why Titus chapter number 2 verse 11 shows us that the grace of God that appears to all men for the deliverance of sin and, and salvation trains us to say no to evil in this present world. Very interesting. It's very interesting that the Bible clearly tells us that we have been given grace, empowerment, to say 
no, 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 no to wrong temptations, no, no to wrong things, no to wrong people. Yes, the no is important. We've been given the empowerment to say no, to resist, to, to reject evil, to hate it. So we have been given a, a, a victory over temptation. Someone can say, this is where my struggle is, especially. Yeah, I, I know I deal with the enemy, but there's a place where temptations, that's where I'm really, I'm really fighting. And, and usually, when we talk about temptations, these are the battles that are usually never disclosed. Battles concerning the enemies, many people would disclose. Battles concerning circumstances, many people would disclose. Battles against temptations, many people do not disclose. And the reason why we are going to, why we are teaching about this, because any any battle that you fight hidden within you that you are failing to deal with is like an internal cancer. It's very dangerous for you. But I'm here to show you, and I'm here to explain to you that you've also been given victory over temptations. To say no, everything within you can say no. That's why Job is able to make a covenant with his eyes to not look at any woman lustfully. Because he has empowerment. So as a child of God, you've been given victory You over any form of temptation. And the Bible says this victory has been given in this present world. We're not, we thank God for the we thank God for where we are going. Where we say there will be no more pain, no more sickness, no more temptations. But the Bible says even the power to resist temptations is given now. So as we are looking forward to then, let's also take charge now. This is a walk of victory that has been presented to you and I as a child of God. The Bible says, walk in the spirit that you may not, dis- that you may not gratify the desires of the flesh. Saints of God, I'm here to explain and I'm here to show you that as a child of God, there is victory for you. I'm here to show you that as a child of God, you are victorious. The Bible says through all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors. It didn't say in some things. It says in all things, whether battles against the enemy, whether battles against circumstances, whether battles against temptations, in all things, you are more than a conqueror. And you be, you need to begin to take a victory walk. You need to, 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 to take a victory walk and begin to win in all arenas. You need to begin to enforce that victory in all arenas. Why? Because you are not operating for victory. You are functioning actually from victory. Your enemy has been dealt with. Circumstances have been dealt with. Temptations have, 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 have been, you've been given the empowerment to resist. So what am I saying? As a child of God, make, take a victory walk around your life.
Look at the circumstances around you. Take a victory walk around your life. Look at the temptations around you. Take a victory walk around your life. Look at, look at the enemies that are out against you and begin to enforce victory. Enforce victory. Because you have that empowerment. Until you choose to walk in victory, no one is going to... You, you, you will not see the reality. You have to choose. You have to choose. Have you ever wondered, here are two believers. One is walking in victory and one is not walking in victory. And then you ask yourself, why? Does it mean one is more favored? No. You have access to the same. But one is not utilizing. And one is not putting on the truth. So my message and my message of encouragement to you is put on this truth that you are victorious. Put on this truth and walk in victory of every arena of your life. And let us rule and remain uh, triumphant in this world like never before. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. To pray that the Lord keeps awakening us this victory. I want us to pray that the Lord gives us strength, stamina, to enforce victory in all these areas of our lives, in our circumstances, in, in against our enemies, against all form of temptations. I want us to pray that we will never faint, no matter what. I want us to pray that no matter what, we will stand strong and we will not give up whatsoever. We will not cry against the Lord. I want us to pray that we will remain as champions, no matter what. Dear God, we say thank you. We say thank you because you've enabled us to be victors. We say thank you that you achieved the victory for us. You dealt with the enemy and you empowered us. I want to say thank you that you have given us the victory. I want to say thank you, Lord that you've empowered us to win in all facets of life. And now how we pray with the rest of the body of Christ and with the rest of the saints, that we shall always win. We shall not faint. We shall not be intimidated by battles. We shall not be intimidated by anything that comes our way. They have been defeated. We shall not be intimidated by mountains. You are leveled. We shall not be intimidated by one who is like a rolling lion. Because you have made us as bold as lions. We are lions. Lamashu kunta kayama terebo sebrahadish. I will pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We say thank you for your goodness. And now we take charge over every arena of our life against the enemy.
that stands in our way of progress we decree and declare by the word of the Lord that any enemy that has stood in a way of progress quits you are removed you are removed enemies of delay you are removed enemies of disappointment you are removed enemies of confusion you are removed enemies of theft you are removed you are removed in the name of jesus enemies that of infirmity enemies that are out against our happiness you are removed you are dealt with you are defeated you are defeated in the name of jesus christ we trample over you we trample over you we trample over you in jesus mighty name for every circumstance that we are facing we speak to you mountain be cast into the sea we speak to you mountain melt like wax in the name of jesus christ there is no situation that will be hard for us there is no situation that will hinder us from fulfilling our purpose and our destiny for all things work together for our good in the name of jesus christ we decree and declare against any enemy that we are fighting in form of temptation you are dealt with you are dealt with we love what god loves and we hate what god hates in the name of jesus christ we walk in the spirit by the spirit of the lord that dwells in us we walk in holiness in the name of jesus christ we say no to evil adverse negative profane temptations our thought line is pure our hearts are pure our judgment is pure in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth any thirst any hunger for the things of the world father in the name of Jesus Christ that hunger is dealt with it is cancelled any appetite for the world any appetite for negative things that appetite is lost and forever lost in jesus mighty name father i pray oh lord i stretch my hand for someone that is believing to be saved and delivered from ungodly appetites by the power of the spirit living in them may they only have an appetite for you an appetite for holiness an appetite for righteousness They will not say to themselves that they are only men. They are not just only men. They are men that are born of God. They are men that are born of God. And the Bible says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even their faith. And they that are born of God are these victors. They that are born of God 
the Bible says that greater is he that liveth in them than the one that is in the world. Therefore we declare we are victors over the enemy. We are victors over circumstances. We are victors over temptations. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Klirosh iklatoka. Kwasta kayala pakukuru. Krizosh. 